Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan, Pat Bostic, Panthers Insider, live from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We'll be live with you from 8 to 9 a.m., previewing Pitt against North Carolina, the number 21-ranked Tar Heels tonight, 8 o'clock. Kickoff, another night game for the Panthers on the road against a very talented and explosive North Carolina team. We'll have coverage starting for you at 6 p.m. with our pregame show, Larry Richard, myself, Doran Dickerson. Jeff Hathorne will be subbing for Bill Hillgrove, who's got duties in Philadelphia tomorrow. This is a tough time of year for Billy. He's got uh, double duty and then triple duty with Pitt basketball starting. So there's going to be we'll have a pinch hitter tonight with, with our good friend Jeff Hathorne, who does an awesome job and is a sports director at 93.7 The Fan, but does a great job at the play-by-play. He'll handle those duties, kick off at 8 p.m. live on The Fan. You can also catch the game on the ACC Network. Panthers Insider brought to you by PGT Trucking. We are driven by Beaver County Auto. And like I said, live from Chapel Hill, got down here last night. We're actually in Raleigh, um, staying in Raleigh about 30 minutes away. We'll head to campus here shortly after the show today. But want to preview this matchup and go over a lot of other things going on in Pitt sports right now. This show is not just a football show, although we've, it's dominated our, our talk this fall. Um, a lot of good things going on in Pitt athletics at the moment. Want to cover that. We'll start off with that and get a really good look at, at where these programs are at, starting with Pitt volleyball. Uh, obviously, uh, that program has become a perennial power, and this year is no different. Huge win last Sunday. Congratulations to Dan Fisher and his team. Big win over number two Louisville at home. Uh, at least one program was able to beat the cards last weekend. The volleyball program took the took that uh, W and uh, has parlayed it into a number seven national ranking and continues to ascend. They've they're on quite the winning streak right now, and playing really good volleyball. So, uh, congratulations to them. Want to want to update as well. Pitt women's soccer uh, secured its first ACC tournament berth, and it's important to note there's 15 teams in the ACC, but only six make that that bracket in the tournament the Panthers secure the sixth seed. They're 19th in the polls. This is a program that didn't win an ACC match in Randy Waldrum's first year. So Coach Waldrum and his staff have, have done just a terrific job rebuilding, really building that program into a not only a competitive program, but one that's gaining national attention and notoriety. Uh, got a big uh, tie against Clemson uh, last week to, to secure that bid. Um, you look at their record, 12-4-2, 5-3-2 in the ACC. They were 11 and 7 last year, 11 and 5 in, in a COVID-stricken 2020 year, 5 and 10, 4 and 12 in the years prior. So, really, going from 4 and 12 to 12 and 4 in a five-year period—that's quite the quite the flip of a program. And uh, we're excited to watch them in postseason play. In addition to the men's team, men's team will play uh, a home match next Wednesday night at Ambrose Urbanic Field in the first round of the ACC tournament. Number 23 in the polls hasn't been the the year they've wanted. A couple tough losses, have had some injury issues, um, but again, we know that Jay Vitovich's program will be competitive and in the thick of it uh, come tournament time. And we're getting into the heat of things as we get into the month of November. So that kind of rounds out the the Pitt athletics front. Obviously, we're we're down here in North Carolina for a big football game tonight. Uh, we'll talk to Chris Carter at 8:25. Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette does a great job uh, covering the Panthers. We'll we'll dig into this matchup. We'll talk to him about kind of the state of of this Pitt team, of this Pitt program at the moment, and uh, again dive into this matchup and really detail it. And then we'll talk to John Gismondi later. John is a uh, a very well regarded attorney in town, a Pitt board trustees, Pitt law alumnus, and uh, probably the biggest football fan I know. He's on the trip with us, so. 
Uh, had a guest drop out last night, and I said, John, you're you're, you're next man up. So John's ready to go. He was a play-by-play -play man for, for back in the day. It was WPGH, I believe, at Pitt. Um, student radio, and um, we'll talk to John about his, get a couple history lessons with Pitt football and, and talk to him about all the good work he does uh, for the University of Pittsburgh. But number one you know, piece of business today is uh, pick it back on the winning track, and it's not going to be an easy road to get on that winning track against a very talented and explosive North Carolina football team. It starts with, you know, when you preview and break down North Carolina, it starts with offensively, it starts quarterback Drake May. Um, Drake is a, a legacy guy at North Carolina. Uh, his brother, Luke May, was a terrific basketball player for, for the Tar Heels in the, in the middle of the last decade. Um, his, older, his younger brother, Bo, just walked onto the team. His dad played football at North Carolina. This is a kid that the main name in, in, in Tar Heel country is, is gold. And, and this young man is a redshirt freshman, has burst onto the scenes. His stat line is impressive, uh, to say the least. 2,283 2, yards, 70% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Uh, he's also their leading rusher with 378 yards and three touchdowns. This is a guy that can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his feet. Uh, and he can beat you mentally. He, this is a pro prospect, um, as good a quarterback as, as Pitt will see all year. And he has really taken the reins from Sam Howell and, and taken almost to another level. They are playing really good offense right now. First in the league in scoring offense, 40, almost 42 points a game. Lead the league in pass offense, nearly 330. Pass efficiency, total yards, third down conversions, fourth down conversions. They have been terrific. I'd say their only blemish has really been they've given up 19 sacks. And that's where the Panthers, I think, can, can start to stem the tide with this North Carolina team. If they can do what they did to Sam Howell in the past couple matchups where they get them off schedule, they get in his face. If they can do that to Drake May tonight, they got a chance to slow this offense down. But if he's got time back there and is able to extend plays as he really proficiently does, it could be a, it could be a struggle um, for this Panther defense. They've got to play well. But I, I look at and Josh Downs is an explosive receiver. This is an, a, a terrific offense, but you, you got to go back to week two in order to find the blueprint, in my opinion, or the evidence that, A, this pit defense is, is playing as good as it's played under Pat Narduzzi, and they're not doing it with just you know, wreaking havoc and, and sacks galore. I mean, th this is a, a pedestrian year in terms of sacks for the Panthers. They're fourth in the league, 17th in the country with 21. But they haven't had a five-sack game yet this year. They had seven five-sack games in 2021. Seven. They haven't registered five sacks in a game yet this season. Now, you can attribute that to the opponent and what they're trying to do to avoid those sacks. But it's also, I think, evidence to the fact that Pitt's still getting pressure on the quarterback, but they're forcing the ball out quickly. They're tackling the catch. They're getting off the field. They're still doing a nice job on third down. So it, it, it's not the same formula. It's still the same. It's still the same components, but it's not the sacks of the quarterback that's that's really attribute can be attributed to why this defense is playing well. It's it's what they're doing in the secondary and in the coverage unit. And you go back to that Tennessee game, and you see probably that's as controlled as Tennessee's offense has been all year. Pitt held Tennessee, who averages 571 yards of offense and 50 points a game to 416 yards of offense and 34 points with an overtime period. This is a, this is a Tennessee team that scored 56 or 59, I forget, points against Alabama. Pitt held them to 34 points. They stopped the run. They kept Hendon Hooker in the pocket. 
Sure, there were a couple big passes. That's going to happen. That's, that's what explosive offenses do. But they were able to contain that offense and they need to bottle that tonight against North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina is as good as Tennessee, but they're as good as Pitt is going to face the rest of the year offensively and really all year other than the Tennessee Volunteers. And that's high company for the Tar Heels. But this defense is doing it differently. Uh, could it be a night where they get five sacks? I think so. Can the coverage start to, to supplement and help that sack unit? I mean, they're getting great play back there from Eric Hallett, named a Thorpe Award semifinalist this year. He's really been terrific. Brandon Hill's been great on the back end. And they're getting good corner play. A.J. Woods with a big pick last week. And it really, you know, this defense starts, it used to start with, again, these gaudy sack numbers. And they don't have them this year. But one thing they do have is they've got Servassier Dennis in the middle and Eric Hallett and Brandon Hill on the back end. And that kind of triangle of leadership and experience has this defense playing at a really high level in a way that Pitt fans haven't become accustomed to under Pat Narduzzi. Um, still playing the same scheme. You're, you're going to see corners out there one-on-one, -on -one, safeties one-on-one -on -one in the slot. But they're not getting after the quarterback the way they like, but they're not letting that affect them. And that's, that's really, you know, this isn't a feast or famine defense. This is a defense that can beat you a couple different ways and can control you in a couple different ways. And they're going to need to do that tonight because surely North Carolina knows, and Mac Brown said it, they've had a hard time blocking Pitt. And they're going to do everything they can tonight to try to block the Panthers up and avoid Drake May taking sacks. Flip the script to the other side of the ball. North Carolina defensively has been porous at times this year. They've given up the run. They're 14th in the conference, giving up 186 yards, rushing a game. The Panthers average 189. They've got the best tailback in the league in Izzy Abanacanda. That's a matchup that should yield some results for the Panthers, have a chance to pop some big ones. We saw Rodney Hammond back last week. I like that Wildcat package. I think they'll, they'll dabble in that tonight as well with Rodney and Izzy in the backfield at the same time. We'll see how they deploy it and how consistently they can get to it because you, you have to believe that North Carolina is going to have some sort of check to get ready for that. Uh, but this game tonight, and, and every game on the remainder of the schedule, and by the way, I believe that every game in the remainder of the schedule, the Panthers will have a chance to win. And the Panthers, you could argue, should win. Um, tonight, obviously, they're a three-point dog, but every game on the schedule, and tonight is a prime example, they have got to generate a competent, complimentary passing game, and they can't turn the football over. The Louisville game last week, I don't want to revisit it too much because it, but the proof's kind of in the pudding. If you watched the game, if you rewatched the game, if you read the, the clippings, if you read the box score, you know what happened. The Panthers turned it over three times in the red zone, failed on fourth down twice. You're not going to win a whole lot of games doing that. And Keaton Slovis was inconsistent. The first interception was, was a poor decision. The second one was a combination of things. Um, but they were both in scoring territory. They've got to avoid that tonight first and foremost. And then secondly, this offense needs to generate some explosives. And it can't just be Israel Abanacanda. They've got to get the ball down the field. They've got to get to push the ball down the field and make some plays that can, that can eat up some yards and, and get some six, seven-play scoring drives. I mean, this team has consistently depended upon 10, 12, 15-play scoring drives. And over that you know, mass of plays, with that volume, you're going to have some negative plays and penalties that are going to make it difficult. You're going to get yourself in third and long, and you can't consistently convert those. You can't consistently convert those. This pit team has proven that it's had trouble at times avoiding that penalty or that sack or negative run despite their success running the football. 
So when the more at-bats you have, the more chance you have to have those types of things. So they've got to generate some explosives and try to control the game in the, in, in the same way. Try to control the clock. I don't think you want to get into a track meet with North Carolina, but you're going to have to score points to beat this Carolina football team. It's not going to be a game where you, 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 know, you score 17 and win or 21 and win. This is a game you got to score 30 to win. And I think if the Panthers do score 30 tonight, I think they do win. I think they do win. I think they win a really big game on the road against a ranked opponent that could really propel them into the rest of the year. Coming off last week, this game became even more critical. It was always going to be telling. And now Pitt has two losses in the Coastal. Uh, obviously, they're, they're, they're counting on others to, to slip up. But they can control tonight, knocking off North Carolina, giving them their first loss. Duke almost did it last week. Duke almost did it, it was two weeks ago, rather. Almost knocked off Carolina two weeks ago. The Panthers have a chance tonight to put one L in the North Carolina column, to put a win back in their column, and gain some, some momentum coming back for a home matchup that could be huge next week against Syracuse at 3.30. Cuse hosts Notre Dame today. So this is a game where, again, this, this team hasn't put it together. We've heard that refrain. We've heard Pat Narduzzi say they've beaten themselves. This is all true. But that... And that refrain can become a little bit old if you don't take care of business and go out and put it together finally. And they're going to need to do that to beat North Carolina tonight. We'll come back with Chris Carter from the Post-Gazette just after this break. Talk to him about this matchup. He is there every single day following, covering this pit program. Does a great job for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Talk to him next on Panthers Insider. You're listening to 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Panthers Insider continues. And we go out to the phone line with Pitt Athletics beat writer, covers all things Panther Athletics, Chris Carter. Chris, good morning. Thanks for getting up with us. Thanks for having me, Pat. It's awesome to be here. Well, Chris, you and Noah do a great job, and I know you've you've been entrenched with this program now since August. And I don't think this season has gone certainly the way the Panthers have wanted it, um, and uh, certainly have Pat Narduzzi has wanted it, but this team seems pretty dug in and, and believes that it can make a run. Do you sense that in talking to guys around the program? Oh, absolutely, Pat. You know, and uh, I've covered this team for you know the last two years as well. And when we've seen when I, one thing that I've seen is that with Pat Narduzzi, he has gotten his players to buy in. And I know that there's a lot of people when, when, the, when the Panthers lose. People are coming at Pat, and they're saying, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and listen, Pat's not the perfect head coach. Nobody is. And, he, and there's certain calls that I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that one. But one thing you can't deny is that he's got a program that guys want to be there. They want to stay there. They want to fight through things. And even when things go wrong, guys are sticking it out. You know, And I think this is a chance, and I wrote this in my preview that's in the Post-Gazette. I think that this is a chance to see, all right, how do these guys respond when their backs are against the wall? Each time last year, you know, after they lost to Western Michigan, after they lost to Miami, they came out swinging. And I think that that's one thing that the Panthers have on their side right now is this is your chance. You're going into the team that hasn't lost in the conference yet. It's their homecoming. North Carolina's ranked. Everyone's talking about Drake May. No one's talking about you now. Go in there, prove them wrong. And we've seen them, Pat, respond in those moments. I think this is a good opportunity for them to shine in that way. And I think it's a good way for a lot of their stars to step up and make some big plays. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, you make a really good point about this program. And, and again, players coach gets thrown around a lot. Um, It's kind of a cliche term. But, you know, when you listen to Pat Narduzzi on Monday and his 
staunch defense of Keaton Slovis and, and full support of him. Is that another example kind of, of of what he's built in this program and giving guys a chance to overcome their mistakes? And Keaton certainly made a, a bunch of them last week. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, this is something that Pat has always been like this. People are like, oh, why is he doing this? People forget when Chris Blewett missed, you know, missed the field goals against Clemson back in 2016 in that game. And he went over, he was like, hey, I'm going to believe you. He kissed that guy on the cheek. And then what happened? Chris Blewett went out there and made the game-winning field goal. And that's still the last time that anybody went into Death Valley and beat the Clemson Tigers. Like, like literally, they're on a 50-game win streak that they were celebrating last week on that field. So, you know, this, this is – sure, there are times where it's to a fault, but you know what? I think that's part of why these why guys believe in this program. They know that Pitt's not just going to throw them away if they have a bad week. I mean, it, look at their running back room. You know, they have three guys who all three of them could be a starter somewhere in D1 football. Uh, in Vincent Davis, Israel Bonaconda, and Rodney Hammond. Yet everyone's sticking around because they're like, hey, you know what? This program believes in me. They're going to let me go out there and fight. And they found a way to balance that. And that was even with last year when they didn't run the ball nearly as much. So the, I absolutely agree. It's part of the demeanor of this program. It's like, hey, you know what? You know what? Like, you know, if it's not your day, it's not your day. But but do I trust and fight and believe because we believe in you. And this is going. And, and that I think that's produced a lot of good results for this program. Um, you know, right now they, they haven't had a dish year um, as far as you know, as far as winning the majority. Of the, well, they won their four and three right now. They're hoping to beat maybe five and two or six and one at this point of the season. But this ain't over. If they win this game tonight, they are right back in this ACC Coastal Contest. And I think that the thing is is that when you, when you beat a team like this, this can kickstart things. It reminds me a lot of when they went into Florida State uh, back in 2020. And, you know, there was a lot of doubts. The season looked like it might come off the rails. And then they came out of nowhere, beat them, and that sprung, sprung their, their win streak to end that season. Talking to Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, you know, you look at this defense, all the talk preseason was about this D-line, and it still is. I, I, but the talk is, when are they going to have that that big day? Haven't had a five-sack performance yet this season, had seven last year. In order to win this game tonight, do you think this, this defensive line has to have four or five sacks? I, I really believe so. Drake May is not a quarterback that you can just play around with. I mean, we've seen when he is a, given time to move around and, and do what he wants, he gets the ball out and finds your weak spot in the in the defense, and he'll 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 give his receivers chances to make plays. You can't give him that time. Uh, and you know, there's a few things that you can do to win this game because you know, on one side, the, the North North Carolina has the worst defense in the ACC. They're giving up the most rushing yards. They're giving up the most passing yards. They're giving up the most total yards. They're giving up the most points. If if Keaton Slovis in the offense can get going, and it can also happen with Israel of Anaconda because I think you can get after him there. If you, if you get this offense going and put North Carolina behind in some points, that'll put force to let your defense pin their ears back. And then Kalaja Canty, Hobbaball Donato, uh, John John Morgan, David Alexander. Heck, Dayon Hayes was back last week. You know he'll be in, he'll be in, I think even healthier this week when he plays. Then that group can start just pinning their ears back and say, Hey, we're coming, we're going to get you. And Tyler Wilkes, when we talked to him this week, they were like, Listen, we're coming to hit. Hit Drake May. We're not scared of anybody. We're, we we play how we want to play, and I think that's something that, again that speaks to Pat Narduzzi's program. Yes, they adjust to what quarterbacks like to do, but that does, they don't they don't stop trying to be who they are, and that's a fast physical defense that hits and runs and and forces you to make plays in tough moments. You know, Chris, it's interesting looking at this defense. They. 
they haven't had the sack numbers. They're still fourth in the league and top 20 in the country. It's not like they're not getting to the quarterback or, or affecting the quarterback. But this is a defense that has been under Pat Narduzzi. Everyone, especially you play an explosive offense, everyone talks about how they play press man coverage. They expose their corners. Why don't they play cover two? This is a defense that's second in the country, second in the conference, 18th in the country in pass efficiency defense. And you could argue that one person embodies that trust and faith we talked about, and it would be Eric Hallett. What can you say about him and his progress as you followed him the last couple of years? Well, absolutely. We were asking Randy Bates about that, our defensive coordinator, uh, you know, earlier this week, and he talked about how much he's grown and how much they've, they've been able to rely on him to do. You know, I, it's funny. I remember Eric Hallett coming in and filling in at cornerback in 2020 and kind of just being plugged in at every position. And then, uh, you know, when when Paris when Paris Ford uh, went, you know, you know, uh, pulled out of the program in 2020, you saw him and Brandon Hill kind of both rotate into that safety role. And then in 2021, they found their rhythm. And there were times, you know what, in Western Michigan, he was the victim. He was the guy that was getting picked on. But he gets better every time he makes a mistake. And you know, he he made he made one. He fell for a screen pass. Uh, he thought a screen pass was coming last against Louisville. He gave up a touchdown. Usually, when he makes a mistake, Pat. He comes back and he gets it the next week. He'll find a big, he'll have a big breakup. He'll have a big interception. He'll be there. And I think that he has embodied again. You, like you talked about it. You know, Pitt. They they believe in putting their guys on islands, letting them fight and win one on ones. And some people say well, that's dumb. Well, you know what? Pat Narduzzi. He's had like what three or four years now where he got defensive back and getting drafted into the NFL. And I really think that Eric Eric Hallett's about to make it another year uh, when when this when this season's all said and done. Um, he's he's been responsible. He's been a, he's been aggressive, um, you know. And there's been a couple times, you know, against Georgia Tech, if he had just you know got his, had had clamped his hands on the football and pulled in one one of those interceptions, I think Pitt wins that game. But again, he's in position consistently. He talks. He communicates. He's a very smart uh, defensive back. Heck, he talked to us about how he wants to go to law school when his football career is all said and done. So he's a smart guy. He's a very athletic. I think he's a big key, and I put him in my players to watch category for this game. Because Drake May, hey, he's a he's a fantastic quarterback right now. He's a freshman phenom, and Pat Narduzzi said he's going in the first round someday. But you know what? If you can confuse a guy, if you can if you can be all over the field, you can take advantage of a guy like that. And I think Eric Howlett has to play some of those mind games with Drake May on the back end. He certainly does. And talking to Chris Carter, last one for you. Chris Carter does a terrific job covering the Panthers for the Post Gazette. You know, Mike Tom, Tomlin said it last week. You know, games are typically won and lost by the team. The team that wins the game usually catches their interceptions, and the team that doesn't usually drops them. And, and that certainly was a story for the Panthers in a couple games uh, this season where they had the chance to take it away. But this game obviously is a, a huge hinge on the rest of this season. A big game against Syracuse next week. We'll just cut down to brass tacks. How you see this one going tonight for the Panthers? You know, I think that they they, they have some offensive success in this one. Um, I picked them to win every game this season, Pat. I, I've, I've said, hey, it's going to I think they can take this one out. I think that right now there are too many things that they have not been able to show this season. The passing offense has, hasn't been there. The pass rush hasn't been as consistent. They've dropped a lot of interceptions. They would need all of those things to turn around in this game. I think this goes down to the wire, but I do think North Carolina finds a way to get a, get a win in, in the late in the late part of the season. If if Pitt wins this game, I would not be surprised. Like, it is, I think this is a close one. It's just I pick the Panthers to win every time this season, and they've they've kind of they've got to you know it, they maybe look bad with some of these picks. And I'm like, okay, well I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hey, I'm just being realistic, but I'm also looking at this. I'm like, listen, if they did this, it would be the season turning point right here for Pitt. But 
I, yeah, I think that right now they need to they need to show that. If they do that, I'd be picking them to win the rest of the way because this is the one. But I just think North Carolina on offense presents a lot of too, too many challenges that they have not been able to overcome this year. Um, so I, I think I said North Carolina 31, Pitt 27. But again, I think the, I think Pitt can dig up in there. They got to get the turnovers. They got to hit Drake May and Keaton Slovis has to put some points up on the board. They do those things, and my pick will be wrong. Chris, thank you very much. We appreciate you coming on this morning, man. Have a great day. You too, Pat. There he goes, Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Great insight, great breakdown of this uh, of this football game. And, and I think he hit on a lot of really important points. I mean, this will be a game that if the Panthers play their best game, they will win, um, just like they could the rest of the year. If they don't, if they continue to make the same mistakes, turn the football over, don't take advantage of turnover opportunities defensively, it's an uphill climb against a very good football team, but there are a lot of good things happening with this team right now, and augmenting those and, and really relying on that defense, it's time for the offense to, to answer the bell and to return the favor and to play that type of complimentary football that it's going to take to win on the road. And this will be a game, too, where you got to get off to a fast start. The last thing you wanted to, get to do is get into a hole against this team. You know, Pitt is not built for a track meet right now. Uh, they've had injury issues at receiver. Bob Means didn't play last week. Uh, due to a pregame issue. Um, hopefully he's ready to go. Obviously, Kanate Mumfield's been banged up. He did go last week. We didn't didn't register a catch. Uh, Jared Wayne's been the most consistent. Uh, obviously, they had a departure prior to, to the game last week at Louisville with, with uh, Jaden Bradley. So it's a thin wide receiving core that if you have to get to a game where you're a lot of three, four wides, it's it's not what they're built for. So this is a game where I think scoring early, taking control of the clock, maintaining time of possession, giving your defense a chance to get fresh. Um, all those things need to be executed well in order to win this football game. We'll be back next. John Gizmondi, Pitt Board of Trustee member. Uh, we're getting highly regarded attorney in town and, and Pitt football, Pitt athletics historian will join me next. We'll go out to the phone line, talk a little bit of history, talk a little bit about some of the things going on in college athletics right now. NCAA came out with some new guidance this week on some of the NIL legislation. Uh, the state of Pennsylvania is uh, still a little bit behind in terms of that. Talk to him a little bit about where that stands and also about Austin, the Austin case, which uh, obviously has been legislated on a national level and uh, is having a trickle-down effect to athletic departments, the Austin Awards that, um, that you read about every now and then. So we'll talk to John next. You're still listening to Panthers Insider. We roll on with one more segment on 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Panthers Insider. Closing things out, Pitt, North Carolina tonight, 8 o'clock kickoff. Right here on 93.7 The Fan again, Jeff Hathorne filling in for Billy Hillgrove, who's got duties in Philadelphia tomorrow, Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling across the state to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. But Jeff will fill in, myself, Larry Richard, Doran Dickerson on the sideline. And we go out to the hotline now for a special guest, John Gizmondi, who made the trip. He's here with his beautiful wife, Lisa. Uh, had a nice dinner last night. John, you have a good morning? Good morning, Pat. Good to be on with you. It's great to have you on. And, John, uh, you're, you're a well-known uh, attorney in Pittsburgh, um, but you probably are more passionate about Pitt sports than you are about your job, and that's not, that's not a bad thing. Um, how excited are you to travel with the team and, and get to come to events like this? Well, it's great to come and uh, support and see all the atmosphere, you know, surrounding college football. I love college football. You're right. Uh, and I try to do, keep a balance between my uh, – uh, my love for sports and my other obligations, but uh, you're uh, you're not too far off the mark there. 
<laughs> well, when you pulled out a post-it note last night with some statistics, I knew you were you were ready to go. Um, let's talk about um, you know when you got involved with the University of Pittsburgh back in the early '70s. You know, a birdie told me you were a play-by-play man for uh, the oh, student radio station. Guys. You you are you are deep into the wayback machine. Uh, early '70s. Uh, I did do that for uh, for a year or so, and. Uh, I then found my uh, my true life's work, but uh, I've always enjoyed uh, you know all pit sports. But uh, kudos to you for uh, digging out that information. What was your? Do you have a game that you recall that was like your favorite call? Um, you know, I would say um, there was a Pitt Marquette game at the Fieldhouse. Uh, <laughs> It was memorable when Al McGuire was the coach there. Uh, Pitt actually beat them, um, you know. But uh, it was uh, it was fun, and it was fun certainly to watch uh, Billy Knight, Mickey Martin, Kirk Bruce, Tom Richards. Um, good group of guys, all all Western Pennsylvania WPIL players. Um, you know, in fact, there was a famous picture in Sports Illustrated. They had the five starters from the Pitt basketball team up on Mount Washington, uh, you know, emphasizing the point that all of the players could go up to Mount Washington and, and, and look out and probably see their, uh, you know, their hometowns. That's how uh, local the team was at that time. Yeah, Tom Richards, you mentioned, uh, passed away a year ago today. He was the chair of the University of Pittsburgh Board of Trustees. Yep. And you are, you are also... We're talking to John Gismondi. You are also a member of the, of the Pitt Board of Trustees, and obviously your your legal background. You know, college athletics right now will we'll transition to a, a more serious topic. is is obviously shifting, um, and I know you you held a conference earlier this month, earlier this fall, regarding Alston. If you had to kind of dumb things down with with the Alston case and, and give our listeners a little background into what that means for college athletics, how would you describe it? Well. Uh, you're right. It is. Uh, Alston was very, very significant. It's uh, the most significant legal case, I think, in the history of the NCAA. And to your point, if I were to dumb it down, uh, the courts have basically said that, uh, you know, uh, that it's illegal for colleges to set limits on the amount of compensation that, uh, that college athletes get. It, it's at least illegal if it's done on a national basis. Conference by conference, if they want to set limits, they can do that. But the reality is, if one conference has generous limits, the other conferences are going to be compelled to match it or they're not going to be able to compete. But um, the, whole, uh, the whole landscape has changed. It's very challenging. Um, not exactly clear where it's headed but it's uh it's a new day completely with alston in conjunction with the transfer portal nil um it's just a new environment and frankly pat a lot of people would say an unsustainable environment yeah it's interesting you know comment and working with it every day i know you know you're with heather like a lot and um and on the front lines of this, and you're also a very generous supporter of the University of Pittsburgh. In my day job, I, I know that quite well about you. Not only Pitt athletics, but um, across the university, Pitt law, 
Um, but when specific to your athletic support, you know, as a supporter with all this going on, what keeps you coming back? I mean, being around these kids. I mean, Eric Hallett said this week he, he wants to actually go to law school. That has to make you feel good. Well, sure. Uh, you uh, you do feel good when uh, not only you know your teams are winning, but also that the you know, the the kids are actually you know going to class, getting something, uh, you know, preparing themselves for life later on. Uh, sure, that gives you a sense of pride that uh, they're not only performers on the playing field, but uh, you know they're at least doing something else to uh, to better themselves. Well, John, we appreciate you joining us this morning. I know you got some friends in town. It's good to know we've got Jeff, Jeff Hathorne filling in for Billy Hillgrove tonight. It's good to know that if we need another pinch hitter, you're going to be in the stadium, and I might have to give you a call well, to come join us on the air. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 guess, uh, I guess in a pinch, if, uh, if I had to, I might be able to, uh, might be able to do that. But uh, I want to commend you, Pat, in all seriousness. Uh, you, you do a great job as a color guy. Your knowledge of the game, your timing uh, on the broadcast, it's very good. Always enjoy listening to you, and uh, let's hope you have something to yell about tonight. Well, let's hope so, John. We appreciate you, you coming on this morning. Have a great day. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There he goes, John Gizmondi, one of the smartest human beings I've ever met. It's, he's one of those guys that you sit across from and you just feel dumb, uh, which is common for me, but... No, John Gismondi, terrific supporter of the University of Pittsburgh. And I think a reminder, you know, we get all caught up. The wins and losses are important. The wins are, are really important. Uh, we get all caught up in, in, um, in what happens on the playing field. Let's remember these are 18 to 22-year-old kids. Um, Keaton Slovis had a rough game last week. He's got to go to class on Monday. You know, he's trying to grind to get better. He's going to school to, to, to move on with what he's going to do in his life if he wants to continue to play professionally. All these, these young men are... Um, they're doing, they're doing really good work, and they're becoming um, proud pit men. And we hope it, it turns into victories on the field, but they're winning in life, and it's, it's certainly fun to watch. This is a big game tonight. There's no question about it. I expect Pitt to play really well tonight. I, I say that almost every week, but I, just, I got a feeling with the energy around this team that they feel disrespected, and they feel like they've let themselves down. Um, there's just a hop in their step. There's a looseness to them, and we'll see if that, that plays – into a winning performance. They're going to have to do the right things. They're going to have to do the little things well tonight. Protect the ball. Control the clock. Hit some explosive plays offensively. Keep Drake May contained. Where he's most dangerous is extending plays. But this should be a great atmosphere at Keaton Stadium. It's a place the Panthers have never won. 0-6 all time. So tonight could be the night they get the monkey off their back. I hope so. Get that Tar Heel off their back. Get a win and head back to Pittsburgh. We'll get back around 3 a.m. Look forward to watching the Steelers tomorrow and get ready for a big tilt, a home tilt against Syracuse next Saturday. We'll be live 8 to 9 a.m. I'll be in studio, so I'll sound a little better than I sound right now in terms of audio quality. It's great to take this on the road and appreciate P.J. Kamanchik and Vic Pasquarelli getting me the equipment to, to bring it to you live. I think it just brings a, an added element. Uh, we'll be back home next week. You've been listening to Panthers Insider. Appreciate PGT Trucking, our sponsor, Beaver County Automotive. And here's to a pit win tonight. Hail to Pitt.